Welcome to the Sem Scoop. I'm your host, Matt Bufano, and I'm excited to bring you episode five of this podcast, where a guest and I discuss what is happening at Wyoming Seminary. Today's guest is Nina Sinti, a teacher at the lower school and author of a handful of books. Nina is participating in tonight's edition of Sem Talks. Tonight, as in the release date of this podcast, Thursday, March 18th, 2021. Visit wyomingseminary.org slash alumni slash semtalks for more information and to register for Nina's talk. But if you can't make it there, well, hopefully we'll cover some of that same ground in our interview. Before we get into our interview, I'd like to remind you to please subscribe to the Sem Scoop wherever you are listening. That way, you could browse all of our past episodes and you'll be immediately notified when new episodes are released. Thank you to today's guest, Nina Sinti, and thank you for listening. All right. Well, Nina Sinti, thank you for joining me here on the SEM Scoop. First off, how are you doing today? Oh, well, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm doing well, enjoying the sun that's trying to peek out, but yeah, enjoying it. Good. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about writing today and about your career as a writer, your career as a teacher as well. First off, just walk us into how you got started on these two different career paths, one of being an author and another is being an educator. It's an interesting story. Um, I always wrote um, all my life, you know, through elementary school, middle school, high school, college. Um, I'm a King's College graduate. So there was always writing sort of thread through my life. And then I went to school to be a teacher. Um, so, you know, the path sort of veered away from writing for a little while to, you know, be a full-time educator. And then I had my son and it sort of veered back to where I was able to really be home and write and enjoy that, you know, being able to stay home. And then, you know, the, the teacher calling always seems to sort of pull you back in. Um, so now it's been an interesting blend of both. When my son was in fifth grade, um, I would sub at the school and we actually just spoke about this the other day. I wrote a story with the fifth grade class and it really kind of blended the two, <laughs> you know, career paths together. So, I've since published five books um, with Simon & Schuster Gallery. Um, that's their imprint. And yeah, it's been it's uh, been a fun uh, <laughs> course in juggling a lot of things. Yeah, I think it's five books that you've authored by yourself and then one co-author as well uh, since Correct. 2016, mm-hmm. I want to say. So yes. what is the sense of satisfaction then you, that you have when you've finished one of these books, when you publish it? And just to give listeners an idea, these aren't not to downplay self-published books, but I mean, these are published books and they have, in many cases, hundreds of reviews on Amazon. Uh, So, you know, just what is that (laughs) feeling like? Well, it's, it's, you know, it's a really interesting thing. You get an agent first when you want to do that sort of traditionally published path, um, which that's, that was the path that I chose. And again, nothing, you know, disparaging self-publishing. It, that's actually a tremendous amount more work. I just, I always saw myself going the path of traditional publishing. Like at the time it was the big six, then it was five. Now it's looking like it's going to be four, but you know, it, it really is gratifying to see your work printed 
And to see like Barnes and Noble up at the arena hub is really great. They put me on an end cap and my mom goes up and she sees it and she takes a picture by it. Um, so, you know, that's, that's fun to, to have, you know, friends see your books in other States and other countries. I'm published so far in five different languages. So, which is, which is fun to, to see that. Yeah. It's just, it's really sort of makes all of the hard work worth it when you see your name on a book. I'm in the process right now, kind of a long process of writing a nonfiction book myself. Yeah. About the Lackawanna college football team. And I started it about a year ago at this time, almost a year ago, right. When the quarantine happened and uh, you know, I've done dozens of interviews and, you know, still getting through the process of putting it together into Mm -hmm. a book. And with you being a teacher, I'm imagining that your days end at three o'clock or whatever and then you get home, you've got your motherly and, you know, household duties to take care of. How do you find that time to put the pen to paper, so to speak? Yeah, I found it really is helpful for like an actual schedule, like to have that me time sort of thing, like to be able to say like, this is, you know, from eight to 10 at night, I'm going to write every single day. Like that's the biggest piece of advice I can give to anybody is find yourself that time, carve that time out for yourself, whether it's, you know, first thing in the morning and you get up a little bit earlier or you do it, you know, right before bed, just make sure you've got that time. But that's how it really works for me. Um, You know, weekends is spent toiling away in front of, you know, the computer. That's really what's helpful. But I use two different apps too, that kind of keep me on track. Um, One is called Pacemaker and it just gives me an idea of what my word count has to be every single day. So that's how I balance, you know, all right, I really have to put, you know, I have to get my nose to the grindstone kind of thing on these days, but then you could maybe ease it up a little bit because something might be going on on a certain weekend. So it is definitely um, sort of a a juggle, but you know, you make it, you make it work if that's what you want to do. So. And it's fun at the end of the day. It's supposed to be fun. The process. It is. I mean, the editing part is not fun. Um, Reading, you know, the draft that comes back from your agent and then your editor and you're just like, oh, God, this is terrible. You know, that's never fun. But, you know, the rest of it is having that little nugget of an idea and then seeing it, you know, stretched out over the course of an entire book is amazing. You know, it's better than any really anything else. If you're a creative person, like I think it's probably the same, you know, or akin to someone who's a painter or any kind of artist or a musician or whatever, like you see that sort of end result. And it's just, it's so gratifying. And the names of your works are Roman Crazy, On the Mm -hmm. Corner of Love and Hate, Meet Mm -hmm. Me on Love Lane, The Ingredients of You and Me, From Hope Lake with Love. And then uh, I can't find it right now, but I know that there's another one that was published exclusively on Audible. Yeah, Audible. um, It was really a great experience. It was called The Vineyard Valentine. And um, it is an Audible exclusive. It just goes out to their readers. Um, or anybody that subscribes to Audible, which is, you know, it's an Amazon company, but that was a really fun experience because it's completely different than writing a traditional paper novel or something that's going to be, you know, distributed on ebook. It's very dialogue heavy. So you kind of have to take, you know, that atmospheric sort of writing style that you have and put it into punchy dialogue because that's what it is. It's someone listening to it. So it's really, it was completely different. So it was a fun challenge. Plus it's a novella. So it's only about 25,000 words and I'm very wordy. So me having to kind of pare it back was a challenge, but it was a fun challenge. It was something that I got to say that I did. And now they're, you know, knock on wood, they hopefully want another one um, for Christmas. So that's, again, that's exciting. Awesome. And is there a common thread or theme 
throughout all your books, a subject that you really enjoy revisiting? Well, the first one, Roman Crazy, was mostly like a women's fiction. They're all women's fiction comedies. Um, none of them are like super serious. They're not, they're not heavy in any way. They're just comedies. Most of them, they have friendships and family. That's really what the, the core of all of them are. Um, the, the four book series that you mentioned, they came out sort of in succession. Those are actually sort of like my homage to where I grew up, which is right here um, in, you know, Luzon County, Pennsylvania. We created like Hope Lake as the fictional town, but it has a lot of different stuff, you know, from around all of the surrounding areas, like the ice cream shop and the pizza shop and, you know, stuff like that. So it's, you know, people that are around here can read it and like, oh, I know where that is. So I think that the main sort of thread and connection is just friends and family and funny. Like, I just want them to be, life is very serious. So I want them to be, you know, sort of a little, you know, reprieve for people. You have a Sem Talks uh, that's actually going to yeah. be tomorrow uh, yeah, as tomorrow. of the time of this recording. I don't know if this is going to be released before or after, but what are some of the messages that you're hoping to get across in that meeting? Yeah, well, I think one of the interesting things um, is that when you talk to people, they're like, oh, my God, you've written a book. And it's like, yes, they really say that I, I have this great story I really want to write. I just don't know where to get started. So I think having somebody that's local and that, you know, you can reach out to anytime is is helpful um, just to be able to talk to people and to say, listen, this is, it, it's not nearly as daunting as and as difficult as people might think. It's a lot more, you know, attainable a goal. So it's really just to be able to help people like this is where you get started. If you want to go traditional, you need to find an agent. That's how, you know, all of the traditional publishers get queried now. There's no, you know, self-submissions or anything. You need to find an agent first. But if it's self-publishing too, you know, I do have some knowledge around that as well. So it's just, it's really just meant to be helpful. You know, if anybody wants to get started or has a book written and they're looking for you know, critique partners and they don't know where to go because like that feedback is really helpful too. So it's really just, I, you know, I was happy to be asked um, from Liz in the alumni office. And I think it'll be great fun just to kind of share some info for people. And when I was going through college and the first couple of years after college, I have had so many screenplay ideas, so many yeah. movie ideas yeah. that I just, you know, <laughs> I'll write a couple pages. I've written, all, I've read all the books that's I've awesome. done all the master classes, but I just haven't, you know, actually followed through on it. So I really respect and admire someone who's done it several times over. That's really cool. But along the lines of movies and motion pictures, yeah. you had one of your works turned into um, a video. I don't know. It's not a it's full a length. Short, it's a short film. Um, so <laughs> thank you, by the way. That's very kind. Tosca Musk, it's, yes, it, it is Elon Musk's sister. Um, she's been a producer all her life. She, you know, produced a lot of films for the Hallmark Channel and Lifetime. She is now running Passion Flicks. It's a women-centered production company. She's had a lot of really interesting success with it, you know, as far as like Reese Witherspoon contributed to, you know, like the crowdfunding stuff. It's, it's very interesting how she's done it, but she really wanted to take novels and produce them into, into films just like Hallmark would, just like, you know, Lifetime would. Netflix obviously just had a huge hit with Bridgerton. And she does these little sort of short films called quickies, where she takes short stories and adapts them into, you know, 20 minute films. 
So I just took a shot and I said, okay, let, like, let's see. I had a short story and I changed it into script form, which was the most daunting thing I've ever had to do. I had no idea how much like direction and, and this and that, and like every movement is anyway. I submitted it just on a whim to see if they liked it and they did and they made it as a surprise sort of gift to their fan base. And it released um, last week and it's doing really well, which is exciting. So yeah, I hope to do another one of those too because that was great fun. We talked earlier about the satisfaction you get from the published book, feeling that in your hands. Yeah. I'm imagining it's a whole nother thing to see your words it and is. your thoughts carried out by actors and directors. It, it, it is. It is. It's so wild because it said like executive producer. And then like, so my author name is Nina Bocci. Um, so it says executive producer, Nina Bocci. And like, my son is like, oh my God, that's so cool. Cause he's in eighth grade. So, I mean, it's, it's not that hard to impress a 13 year old, but it was really, <laughs> it was, it was very cool to see it. And then based on a short story by Nina Bocci. And it was like, I showed my mom and she's like, oh, that's nice. Like, you know, she's mom, but it, it was, it was a lot of fun. And my friends watched it and they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. So, I mean, you know, it's not big screen. It's not Hollywood, but it's still really, it's cool. So maybe one day, I, maybe one day the, maybe, the big listen, screen. That would be really awesome if um, it ever happened. But uh, listen, if this is the, if this is the coolest thing to ever happen, I'm totally down with it. A Vineyard Valentine that was released mm-hmm. on Audible. Mm-hmm. What is the plot of that? And just ha- how did you come up with that idea? Because that's kind of an example of the ideas are anywhere, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, my friends and I, like, we like to really visit the Finger Lakes. And, you know, everything is is family owned. It's all, you know, really small vineyards. They come from everywhere. There's French, there's German, there's Italian. And it was just a, a you know, a little sort of idea where, you know, we had gone obviously pre-pandemic. And they had a lot of Valentine's Day events going on. So I was like, oh, this might be fun. Fast forward, you know, a year later. And I just, again, I wrote it on a whim thinking maybe somebody might like it. And my agent had taken it to Audible and they loved it. So that's, yeah, ideas kind of pop up everywhere, you know, which is fun. But it makes for a very busy mind. A busy mind, yeah. Yeah. Um, And now what subject do you teach at the lower school? I'm actually virtual first grade and kindergarten this year um, because so many, you know, so many families chose the virtual option. So we were able to move into where, you know, someone was exclusively a virtual kindergarten and virtual first grade. So it's every other period I bounce between the two. So, which is fun. Are your students or maybe your students' parents more impressed (laughs) by the fact that you've authored all these books? I don't know that (laughs) any of them are really impressed, but the kids... (laughs) The kids get, um, uh, they get a kick out of it to see, but they don't understand the name thing, but their parents, a lot of their parents are really very supportive of it. Like they've come to signings again, pre-pandemic and, you know, they follow the social media and stuff like that. So it's, it's great. I think that's the community though, that Sam itself sort of curries where everybody, you know, is obviously very supportive and they're very, um, proud of like the accomplishments of everybody. So I think it's, you know, the kids definitely think it's, it's cool one of the their parents said like you know there was a, a little mini movie and she's like well can I watch it and it I mean it's not it's PG it's not like it's anything you know bad but uh she's like well no maybe not yet this is for mom <laughs> you know which is funny <laughs> yes and if people wanted to watch it I think you have to purchase uh, a subscription to to the service yeah yeah passion Flix has an app it's basically um you know it's like little Netflix 
but it's five ninety nine, I think, for a month. And there's like I don't know, four hundred movies on there besides you know my little twenty minute one. There's hundreds and hundreds of of films on it. So if they want to watch it, which is super. Um, I'm very grateful for that if they'd like to catch it. Yeah, it's just on Passion Flicks and they can watch a lot of different stuff on there. All right, Nina. And before we get you out of here, what is uh, next? Are you writing something right now? I am. Um, I'm writing actually two middle grade books at the moment, which is a complete, complete departure from everything I've always done, which is adult comedies. But it's it's always been sort of in my heart to write something um, like a sort of children's mystery. So that's where I'm at now. And the other one is it's middle grade and young adult. It kind of sort of bridges that gap between the two ages, but I really like that age group. So they're both mysteries because I like mysteries too. So that's where we're at now. So hopefully fingers crossed they're done by the summer. Well, again, congratulations on all you've done so far. And thank you for joining me here on the scoop and good luck on your, on your book. That sounds exciting. Thank you once more to Nina Sinti and again, the Sem Scoop is free of charge to you, the listener. I just ask that you please consider sharing this podcast with a friend or clicking the subscribe button wherever you are listening so that you get notifications when future episodes are released and so that you could listen to all the past episodes as well. Now that we've got five of them and a sixth one coming out this week, you could kind of binge on episodes of The Sem Scoop if you so wish. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, well, the best form of feedback is ratings and reviews. So if you'd like to take a few seconds, and that is all it takes, just a few seconds to leave a rating and a review, preferably five stars if you think we deserve it, I would appreciate that very much. As always, you could submit ideas and possible subjects to cover on the SEM scoop, whether it's academics, athletics, or the arts, to my email address, mbuffano at wyomingseminary.org. We'll see you next time on The Sem Scoop.